just happy to hear that tune again. It's been a while, two months away from uh, the Indian Cricket Podcast. A uh, bit of an identity crisis, honestly, for me. But I had the time of my life in the IPL. That's for another episode on the podcast. However, importantly, we are back. I'm very, very happy that uh, one of India's most regular cricket podcasts is up and running yet again. A lot of you have asked us about when are we going to take our next episode live? Uh, what's the plan going forward? It's a big year in cricket. Um, and we're putting all of that together for you, of course, as we speak and get along. But the good news is we are up and running. We're live. And uh, you know what? I couldn't ask for a better guest than Dhruv Malik to join me on the show. You know, we were obviously pondering over how do we sort of get back into thick of things? How do we start, mm. um, sort of restart the podcast? Where do we begin? Um, there are obviously a number of touch points that we both feel very strongly about. Um, mm. However, I think the the immediate one for for both of us was without a shadow of doubt the 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 test team and the test cycle that's completed, uh, and of course, where is is the test unit headed going forward? Um, yeah. there've been a lot of reports. We've we've heard from the best of the best. Every yeah. former cricketer has spoken about this. Um, yeah. so we're not going to go into what should mm -hmm. the team do or not. But yeah. we just take a macro look at mm. what's happened in the previous cycle and yeah. just do a bit of a status check as to where mm. this test team is headed. Just to ensure that we refresh our memories and refresh everyone's memories of the 21-23 cycle. Uh, we obviously began in England, which was obviously such a massive series. India in England, um, and it was in incredibly well contested. We won two games drew one game uh, and lost one game and we were looking good to win that series if that series had gone through but it didn't obviously yeah. the last game um because of covid and whatnot and then we had new zealand at home where we drew one lost one remember uh, uh, uh a 10 wicket haul in that game at the wankhede uh, for new zealand's left arm spinner needs no introduction then we went on to south africa where we mm -hmm. where we lost two games which were we lost to one, heavy. correct? Yes, to one there, and then Sri Lanka comes home. We win two games. England comes home, uh, or rather, we played the fifth test versus England. Then after yeah, that, correct. off that yeah. series, and yeah. we lost quite badly. Jasprit Bumrah captained that game, um, mm -hmm. and then India versus Bangladesh. We won both tests. India versus Australia. Yeah. We we all know what happened in that series. Uh, we were looking in good until the last couple of games. In fact. I think Australia drew in Ahmedabad in the last game. And then, of yeah. course, we lost the final uh, versus Australia in England lately. Correct. So yeah. that was our cycle. Interestingly, uh, we've lost four plus one games, one being the neutral game and two at home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and, and, and we were level on losses with Australia heading into the WTC final, which just shows yeah. how close through these two teams have been in this cycle. No, correct. And I think what was quite evident from this recent cycle that you that you ran through is that um, it's a conversation that a lot of us have that uh, we always end up playing one test series at home, one marquee series. So in the 1921 cycle, we played four test matches at home against England. Um, in yeah. this cycle, we had, um, again, a four test match series against Australia at home. So we do get to use the advantage of our home conditions. And we also get to travel away for a big marquee series against Australia or England. Uh, so having yeah. said that, uh, 
we do always get an opportunity to pick up maximum points whenever we can mm-hmm. however as i said when we opened up the segment that had this been a regular test cycle it's just about playing well and if you're the number one team at the end of the cycle you win the ultimate prize but now things have taken an added dimension with this one off final so as you said we might have been level on losses with australia going into the final but uh, how you perform in the big final matters in the end doesn't it there have been calls for players being withdrawn from the ipl um or you know franchises being told um or, or rather suggestions work. that bcci needs to tell franchises listen yeah. we need x and y players out of it but just to put this in perspective rohit sharma um let, let us just take a look at the players that were present in the final for india right rohit sharma virat kohli shubman gill all yeah. three were incredibly important members of the four teams that finished in the playoffs you go down and there are further players there's ravindra there's ravindra jadeja ks bharat was part of gt you never knew if pratiman saha got injured he would have had a game in um there were so many other players who were part of the squad that were integral members of different franchises now i think just to go beyond that um uh, the this the call that uh, a lot of people are making to withdraw players from franchises yeah it's it's quite absurd because it's like asking the most important person of a joint venture in any business to step out of the joint venture while the project's happening yeah it's quite literally the players are the most important part of this joint venture which is the IPL they're the most important stakeholders the players are the Correct. most important stakeholders of the IPL without these guys yeah. will a semi final a knockout or a final have the same value without a virat kohli without a shubman gill without all of these guys it just won't no it's not it's the, day, uh... the ipl is an integral part of the indian yeah. cricket economy a part an integral part of the bcci the indian cricket setup i mean you it's remember like, our most important stakeholder to withdraw it's you remember our uh, one of our earlier chats on emotion versus reality and practicality versus yeah. reality it's exactly that i think that there's as i have said this for for quite a while that there's a big lack of understanding on many experts on how the business of the cricket economy runs in india and how yeah. it all comes together Absolutely. and um, we as in india and with indian cricketers uh, we pretty much need the best players to run the cricket economy so it's very easy to say that pull players out and manage them that doesn't work in reality and number two what people don't understand and the ipl is a business it's private capitalist businesses that own players and uh, they aren't uh, those days are gone where you know it was a trial and error and you're going to see how many players you can develop it's a business you pay these players very well to win and secondly um since we're talking a lot about test cricket uh, every indian player gets paid 15 lakhs to play a test match and uh, the test pyramid in india has always been very strong as i said it um, it reminds me of that podcast that virat had with danish earlier in the ipl where uh-huh. he said that i've always been considered a failed captain but i won the test match for 5 years in a row now that again if we never had this whole wtc final that we're talking about over 19 and 21 and over 21 and 23 i think we ended up as the number 1 or the number 2 test team in the two cycles we may have may as well have won it anyway so i think things are fine <laughs> the way they are 
um individual player load management is is a is a conversation that you know we can be we can have we can have all night but again it doesn't work in reality because a lot of the players even look at the fast bowlers you mentioned the batsmen uh shami and siraj have been bowling so well across all formats they've been doing very well in 50 yeah. over cricket they've been doing well in test cricket they were both brilliant in the ipl so it's it's not realistic to say that you know pick x over y or pick y over z uh, with the talent pool that we have should we be having three or four backup players in every position in every format we should but at the same time um it's it's not it's really very clear that the selectors and the management uh, like having these multi format players who are versatile who can play across formats what my bigger i would say pattern that i've observed is are you going to have players like with the opening batsman we seem to be very clear that we want multiple condition openers um we need to now start applying that to our middle order as well we probably need to start applying that uh, to um so like we note how jadeja is a, a a batting all rounder almost when we play abroad because he plays almost as a as a specialist batsman what what is going to be our thinking for the next cycle going forward are we going to groom different middle order players at different number 3 and i guess when the test series squad is picked for the two tests in west indies coming up now we'll have a better picture on how on how it's to go you know what gives us a good picture dhruv about where things are going forward it's the contracts the annual contracts from the bcci which which are now retainers yeah. they're now being called retainers and yeah. uh, you know what there's there's so much that we um, can talk about here so let's get going and and understand um where all of this is unfolding at this point of time now um on the screen for people that are listening in we've got the annual contracts from the previous cycle um yeah. and uh, we are also going to compare that to the contracts that are out for the current cycle and uh, we'll go from there so dhruv all you yeah so i think what's the the big understanding now because i know a lot of people had a couple, a couple of questions for you on how the period works so it runs october to september so since i started you know getting very involved in this um if i look at say 2019 and 2020 the contract period would run from october 2019 to uh, sub- uh end of september 2020 and then it happens every subsequent year so then the next for 20 and 21 and 21 22 that you've put up on the screen now but the interesting thing the contracts are always announced sumit as you are aware in around january so it almost seems like it's a backdated performance review that we'll see how well you play between october to december of the previous year and then you get given the contract or the retainership in january and february which will go all the way till september so what we've what we're trying to com- uh, compare now between the last contract period to now is that how this fits very well into the test planning and what's very easy for us to see if we compare this to what we have right now you've just changed the the screen right now so that we can tell is so what's the big difference we've seen is that we've had we've had one player move from grade a to grade a plus correct and uh, the reasoning for that is because he's a permanent member in your test team playing all your formats so i think what is um what's very evident to me is that this year there's been an even greater emphasis on which players are being are being picked 
why they're being picked, why they're given these contracts. And they form almost the core of at least all three formats of the squad. And that's how the kind of logic has been used. So if you take a look at, um, so we're obviously looking at the contracts from, from the last cycle and a few of the yeah. names that we see over here uh, that are quite significant. Um, a, of course, you see Ajinkya Rahane sitting in, in you know, grade B from last year, last cycle, and he's not, he wasn't included in this cycle at all, only mm. to then be picked for the WTC final and did well, which is significant. Um, you had Hardik Pandya in the grade C category, who's now been moved up. Um, you know, he, you know, it's interesting because he's now your T20I skipper and, yeah. uh, is such an important member of the 50. He's moved to grade A now, hasn't he? Now he's moved to grade A. As yeah. you can see now, there he is yeah. on, on grade A. Um, and a few of the other names that are that are not here. Um, yeah. You know, Hanuma, Hanuma Vihar. Ishan Sharma was in grade B and now he's completely missing and out of the picture. And yeah. Ravindra Jadija has now moved to, to, to A+, plus, I think. So, Dhruv, here's, here's the, the retainership um, from 2022 to 2023. However, yeah. interestingly, Dhruv, why has it changed from contracts to retainership this year? I don't know. I mean, I the only thing that I would look into that is that you're probably not signing a formal contract. You're just um, given a, a kind of a retainership kind of, uh, of model. And um, yeah, the fact is you can't call something a contract uh, if it's not a contract, right? That's the basic premise. Also, if you compare this to other countries, namely England and Australia that also have central contracts and they were uh, countries that had adopted it before India, the money and the payments aren't very public, Sumit. So we we read in the media that Mitchell Stark is a two million Australian dollar contract holder and Joe Root is a million pounds there, but we don't know what the actual numbers are. With this retainership, what's very important is that we know how much, who earns seven crore, who earns... 5 crore, who earns 3 crore and who earns 1 crore. Now, while everyone can see the 22, 23 kind of numbers that you've put up and the names, this period now would have run from the 1st of October 2022 and it will run all the way till end of September 2023. Now, in that period from October to December, we knew that a lot of players had done exceptionally well. Guys like Rishabh Pant were brilliant, I mean, until his unfortunate accident, accident in the end of December. However, what's a little exciting, Sumit, and I, and I know you picked this up as well, uh, Jaspreet Bumrah hasn't played cricket for India at all during this period. And he's still been given a retainership. So apart from those two points, I think this list of players that they've picked is even better than what they've done uh, in the last cycle. So if we were to run grade by grade or player by player, I think this time... Uh, we have, uh, it looks very, very interesting in terms of how all these names are put together. Yeah, the, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. And I think I am incredibly happy for Ravindra Jadeja, who is finally getting his due. I think he, yeah. for a long time, we made a case for him last year as well, that he deserved to be in the A-plus category. Yeah. But uh, to now see him there, um, you know, being given that respect, you know, yeah. to, as an all-format player, as somebody who's performed incredibly well for India, it's phenomenal. Um, yeah. I'm also happy for for Hardik, um, having seen him in close quarters recently. Yeah. To to see him, you know, go, you know, come up from being a non-contracted player. Remember, he was dropped when he was injured from yeah. Yeah. the central contract list. I think it was in 20, yeah. 2020. 
Um, yeah. And then move from C to A. Uh, it's 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 quite nice. Same with Shubman. He's moving yeah. up the ranks. Pretty good to see. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the and only another, one I and another do... point, uh, another point, yeah, Sumit, that's what? been quite interesting is this time these re- contracts slash retainers were only announced uh, um, just before the IPL. So they were announced almost by by first week of April. I think the IPL had started and then these names came out just a day before. So mm-hmm. what would have made this very interesting is that probably the BCCI along with Abhi Kuruvilla, the general manager and the, I don't know if the, the team management, which is, which is the captain and coach, have any uh, kind of uh, input into this. I think it's more a decision, which is the BCCI with Roger Bini, Jaisha and Abhi Kuruvilla as the general manager, is that we'll wait to see how well these players have performed, as I said, in the October to December period before yeah. and how well and we're going to predict how important they will be from January 2023 to end of September 2023, correct? Now, what makes things very interesting is that um, if you now, now that I'm looking at this list, apart from Jaspreet Bumrah, no complaints or questions at all about A+. I think Jadeja being there is very, very important. And in the grade A, what is almost significant to me with these names? So there's Hardik, there's Ashwin and, and just tell me the other three names. Uh, the other three names in the A plus category, right? Just give me uh, not A plus in A in A. So Shamir, uh, Rishabh Pant, and Aksar Patel, correct? Yep, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I think you just moved the screen out of the way for a bit, so I could see it. So yeah. that was my point. That um, mm-hmm. giving Rishabh Pant a contract um is interesting because by end of December, it was pretty clear that he wouldn't be available for almost the whole of 2023. Mm -hmm. Um, But the rest of the players, there's no doubt um, at all. I mean, your best spinner, your best fast bowler and upgrading your Aksar Patel from grade B to grade A just shows that he's an important Uh, player in your test team, in your T20 team and your ODI team. So... Yep. Your criteria there is is very, very clear. And what's good? Now, this is going to make the discussion even more interesting. So, the period from October to December 2022, KL Rahul started to lose his form as a test player. He didn't play any T20 internationals, but he started doing very well at number five in ODI cricket. So, yep. maybe that logic is that we will move him down from grade A to grade B, which is why he's moved into B. Pujara has managed to retain himself in grade B, the three-craw category, which is great. Shreya Sire, uh, Siraj were all there from the last cycle. But Shubman Gill and Surya got a promotion to grade B. And no up. dispute yep. or debate on, on all of that at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's interesting also for me is that Shikhar Dhawan still around. I'm, I'm, that, is, that, is, that is quite interesting. He is still around. He, he's still yeah. a contracted player, which means... They have him in their mind for the 50 over cycle, perhaps at some point, if there is an. I think it's more because the performance was good. Because, like I said, no, Sumit, this period is backdated. This gets announced yeah. every January or every March as it happened this year, but it includes the October to December period of the previous year, which is something mm-hmm. I find now that I look yeah. at it over the last three, four years, I find it a bit strange. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. I think, because someone asked me this the other day, I think they keep it over that period because. That's the Indian domestic calendar and Indian first-class calendar. We start October to end of September. So maybe that could be the reasoning or um, 
yeah, yeah I, I could be wrong yeah. on that so so yeah so that's one reason because if you remember shikhar was doing so well as a odi opener towards the middle and end of 2022 and then shubman yeah. has this meteoric rise that you literally yeah. moment rohit was fit and came back you couldn't do anything and yeah. i think shikhar yeah. himself has said this in enough interviews that uh, if he was a selector he would have picked shubman above him 10 times out of 10 only because of that meteoric rise so i think that um, the contracts um slash retainerships i think are shaping the way how the management thinks and the selectors and the board thinks on how we're building a squad going forward as well it's a marker right it's it's a it's a great place for for yeah. us to refer to um when we want to understand or get a yeah. get an insight into the mind of it's a marker of merit sumit that's what i always keep telling people that uh, your bcci contract value the 7 crore 5 crore 3 crore 1 crore is an actual marker of your talent ability your performances your skill everything the ipl auction value is at times a beneficiary of a market value of an option value it's a bit Absolutely. like poker the you know sometimes yeah. the chips are going to fall in the right place sometimes they won't yeah. it depends on how much cap space a team have so that's what yeah. makes again being an elite indian cricketer so unique because yeah these names that we were talking about before we went to the contracts you potentially yeah. earn 15 lakhs to play a test match for india now this is again because we went over it in a lot of detail last time this is the additional income it's over and above the contract income so while you have these fixed retainers yeah. every time you're in the playing 11 for india you get 15 lakhs for a test match 6 for an odi and 3 lakhs for a t20 international so someone like rahane even though he didn't get contracted because he didn't play any test cricket in the last quarter of 2022 and we weren't even sure if he was going to play in 2023 assuming now he goes to the west indies he still will earn 45 lakhs for the three test matches that he's played because he's played um, although no he won't earn anything for the uh, test final because we all got fined 100% of the match <laughs> yeah that's true that's so everyone loses so he's lost that but but but, but that's what the kind of money you make so a lot of these no, cricketers and that rarely happens that rarely happens as well so yeah it really no, happens it really happens yeah exactly yeah, but 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 you see where i'm coming from that uh, yeah. if you as a cricketer plan your calendar and this is something i'm sure we're going to talk about on subsequent episodes that now because over this entire 3 4 year period of central contracts we now are very clear the period that the bcci looks at october to september we know the month when they're likely to announce the contract and we know that the main crux of the indian players are picked in playing 11s for india bases where they end up on the retainership list so i think that helps us in a very big way and it is again a very very good transparent merit based system so like i said i mean my favorite uh, point about how it's very easy to determine what a indian cricketer earns in their on field salary and their central contracts with the number of games that they're picked in the playing 11 and and they get the match fee so it's a it's a very interesting uh, system how they've got it Can we go back to the grade uh, C list because i think we haven't covered that yet sure sure yeah. so let's go back to grade C in just a moment there we are oops sorry yep no problem here we are yeah so again no, uh, yeah. what i noticed over here there's been one I don't want to use the word demotion, but Shardul moved from grade B to grade uh, C, and I think the yeah. the rationale there is because That's he's a prominent a... member in only one format. 
If you remember that, he was in grade right. B in the last yep. cycle. Yep. Right? Yep. So he's yep. moved there. Ishan Kishan is now been given a contract because he got a double hundred in, in, in an ODI as well towards the end of 2022. So he's now yep. almost seen as a two-format player and could be a backup for a test uh, a test team. Deepak Hudda, who did well in 2020 cricket last year, comes in. Kuldeep, Washington, Sanju, Arshdeep and Bharat also come in because they've now been backups in their respective format. So I think that what's very interesting, Sumit, if you look at the 22-23 that you've picked, right? So let's go test cricket. So we, yeah. which will be very easy for someone, right? You look at this yeah. test team, you've got Rohit as, as you, and Rahul as your openers. One's an A+, plus and one's a B player. Your backup mm-hmm. opener, Shukman, is, is a great B. Your main uh, players, fast bowlers on the team sheet, your two best spinners, Ashwin and Aksar, are grade A. Your grade A-plus is Jadeja. So you can almost pick your best team looking at this. Now, if you look ODI cricket, which is, which is important in a World Cup year, your entire top four, five players in your one-day team, Rohit, Shubman, uh, Virat, Shreyas Iyer, um, and then KL Rahul at five, you have them all between grade A plus to grade A to grade B. And in T20 internationals, where I'm not saying the focus is, uh, is not important this year, but it's not a very important focus because the next T20 World Cup is 2024. So you might see a lot of players uh, in that T20 international squad who are probably not contracted at all. However, if you look in this cycle with your main test and ODI players, you can see them all here. That's true. And like like we said, it's a marker. It's an absolute marker for, yeah. you know, to, and and, um, and a great place to understand where yeah. the team is moving and what is it shaping into. But yeah. a really important point that you mentioned is that we might just end up seeing a lot of players um, that are, aren't part, that, that aren't contracted yeah. in the T20 yeah. setup. Uh, going because we're forward. planning for 2024. Precisely. And it's yeah. going to begin with five meaningless T20s that we're going to play in West Indies. But yeah, anyway. Yeah. So test cricket is always going to be important because of the WTC points, right? So every test, se- uh, test series that you play is important as we go to the next yeah. cycle. One day cricket is obviously important because it's a World Cup year. And um, it's going to be interesting how this pans out. So this Sumit is the point that I made when we started chatting that in every cycle, the benefit of being India in this cricket economy is that we will always end up playing maximum test matches against England or Australia. And we will always have um, five test matches, a five test match, four test match series against either England or Australia at home. So we, we do have enough opportunities to play in our conditions to get us the points. Uh, and, uh, and the other important thing is that it will help us plan about those gaps that we wanted to plug, that we talked about. What are we going to do with the middle order now and things like that? Yeah, for sure. And it's interesting. Uh, like you said, obviously, you know, five tests versus England at home in the next cycle. We've got five tests versus Australia away, down under, Border Gavaskar Trophy away again. And we're also headed to South Africa. Uh, yeah. So we have an opportunity to, you know, sort of, Try and and, and uh, undo, not undo, but try and and better ourselves in South African conditions. Yeah. Um, but the big ones, obviously, will be the England and Australia series that we're going to be. Of course, and and again, cycle. see the contracts that they've announced are a very big indicator of this. That that's the whole point. That you know, I was said that yeah. it looks to me that it's very clear that 
whoever has been given a contract or has been named in this BCCI retainership list, you look at a Shubman, a Rahul yeah. or Rohit, they're going to always be your main red ball test openers. Your backups don't necessarily have to be contracted. So someone like a Gaikwad or a Jaiswal will come in as and when needed. An experienced player like Rahane could be called back to play. Now, if Rahane goes to the West Indies right now, he'll be someone who's picked who's not contracted. What's going to be very interesting in the test cycle is how many players we pick who've not been contracted. So, will a Sarfraz come in? Are we going to try someone like an Arshdeep Singh? The reason that probably, and Rahul Dravid has a big role in players playing county cricket as well. Um, I know this for a fact because of a couple of the players that I've spoken to. So, is he trying to groom Arshdeep as a red ball seamer now as well? And um, yeah, these names that you've mentioned here are almost names that when these squads are announced for the West Indies tour, we'll get a very clear indication of which co-players are picked from the contract retainership summit. So look at that as your marker and which players are picked outside the retainership marker. 100%. And uh, these names will always be around. Rahane, Mayank, Hanuma, Vihari, Jaidev, Kuldeep Yadav is... I think another name. Yeah, yeah, Kuldeep, he wants Kuldeep was contracted. But but he'll be around. No, 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 no. Obviously, these are players that don't have and don't have contracts as well. Okay, but right, just right. Generally, right. Uh, yeah. the, these are names that are that that'll always be around. These are names uh, that will always be around and see what's the, the great advantage is that uh, and, and when we later do our domestic cricket uh, conversation, we'll know that that the benefit of being an Indian professional cricketer is just immense because you get so much opportunity. So you have an entire red ball competition coming up in the Dulip Trophy. You will have an Irani Trophy. You're going to have a whole Ranji Trophy season and you'll have a couple of India red ball games as well. So there's always a strong bench that will always be available. What's going to be interesting, Sumit, is how the bench is utilized. And the reason why I brought that up is because if you looked at just, say, the openers, to give you an example, uh, what is the signal that will go to openers like an Ishwaran, uh, like somebody like a Mayank, somebody um, like a Rohan Kanumal or a Panchal who didn't play the IPN, right? But uh, how yeah. much of how how uh, is someone in touch with them regarding the importance of red ball runs and where they stand in the pecking order with the tier one who have the contract, your Rohit Rahul Shubman, your tier two after that, which is your Yashasvis and your Gaikwads and the guys below who are pushing that. So why I love this whole contract uh, list every year is it gives me the indication on who the main who the main players are and how the subsidiary players, just to use the word subsidiary a little in a lighter sense, who are the subsidiary players yeah. that are going to come in from the same thing. And I think uh, a lot of times when, you know, there are these pillar moments in Indian cricket, like the loss of the WTC final, um, yeah. a lot of things go again back to the drawing board. While the contracts are a great marker, I yeah. think the, the the BCCI will sit down and Rahul Ravid will certainly sit down along with Rohit Sharma and review and rethink. And we definitely can see a lot of the names that, you know, that haven't figured uh, yeah. lately uh, being included um, in, in the setup. What's interesting, Dhruv, is that um, in the in the cycle, after yeah. the w, after after the West Indies tests, we don't play a test match until I think till December, probably. December twenty twenty three. We go to South Africa again exactly. because it's the ODI it's preparation, right, for the World Cup. Exactly, World Cup exactly. Cup. So there's a so there's a big big gap between the West Indies tests and uh, the test matches in December versus South Africa. And to be honest, it does not make a lot of sense to 
Chopping yeah. change and make a lot of changes now heading into the West Indies Test. No, it doesn't. And here's the and here's the interesting curveball that in this time yeah. period between Shubman, Rohit, Rahul, they're going to be they're they're very important players in the 50-over setup as well for the World Cup, and they are three yeah. very important players in Test cricket as well. And your two backups, which are Jaiswal and Rituraj Gaikwad, are all format players as well. So even if we're planning for say test cricket post the World Cup, it to me yeah. now is very significant that the management like all format players. So I think the whole conversation we had on specialists per format seems uh, it, it I won't say it's redundant, but it, it isn't how the yeah. selectors and the management are thinking. It's interesting though, Dhruv. I think um, you know. I, at some point or the other, um, we'll have. To, I mean, it, this this particular point rounds up our episode um, where we started, uh, which is the coexistence of various formats: the IPL, yeah. the WTC, everything. This is all going to coexist. The you know before you know you could you could potentially see the WTC final being shifted before the IPL, but in the next few cycles, that's highly yeah. unlikely because of. You know how the future tours programs get set up, um, yeah. and and therefore this is a reality that we have to exist with. But it's, is it fixed in England for the next WTC final as well? It is. It is. But what happens if England qualify for the final? Then do they get home advantage or they? I think they get home advantage because the previous two finals have both been neutral teams playing in England, right? Now exactly. exactly. But the logic exactly. again is that you need a you need a country that. Uh, where it's possible to play in June, right? It rules out a lot of India and the Gulf because of the weather. So England, unfortunately, becomes that default Northern Hemisphere country where you can play. Yep. It is a season in Australia, New Zealand, South Africa. So it's not like there's so many options yep. to play. No, and also time zones, right? I think, you know, you have to cater yeah. to audiences all around the world. Um, England yeah. is geographically placed in a place which allows fans the to, Indian time the zone to work well also. Yeah. And and therefore it sort of works out well. However, they there have been calls to in you know to have the final at a different yeah. venue in a different country, not not the yeah. next cycle, I guess. But yeah. uh, maybe but I think I think you summed it up quite well. That look uh, practicality versus uh, practicality and reality of the business of Indian cricket, how our ecosystem works, and how our players work. We play multiple formats. We have a very packed calendar. So repeatedly yeah. going back, I mean. Like I said, if we had won this WTC final, we might not have had any content to even talk about on the show because uh, there'd be nothing to blame, right? Or no, or no excuses to yeah. make. So the trouble is that you know the when when there are excuses, there's a lot to talk about. But I think that there aren't really any excuses because it's just the reality of our system. We have this important IPL business that will be there. We are picking multi-format specialists, so. And we and our players get compensated very well to play these multiple formats and tournaments. So I think yeah. that uh, it is just the reality of our of our situation. I mean, look at the fast bowlers. I don't think you could be able to pull a ball out of uh, Shami or Siraj's hand the way they're playing right now. They want to bowl with the white ball. They want to bowl in the IPL, in Test cricket, one day Absolutely. cricket, and, and they're Absolutely. doing so well. They've evolved that well. So they probably are right there. It, it just depends on. I mean, look, I, I, it's clear how the selectors and the management move. Maybe mm. there still is a position for that Rob Key type of person in India who can at least help with the workload management. I think that's my my final submission. I think that uh, 
the, the very passionate narrative about how we should have specialists now i feel i'm throwing out of the window specialist management come on specialist specialist at uh, the board we need a specialist at the board we just know we just need a rocky type person to say that look uh, we understand that you know the selectors and management want multi format specialists sorry multi format players who can play multiple formats so all we can do is help and say how do we manage your workload knowing that you're going to have to play these many games in a year these many ipl yeah. games and how how you manage it i think that's going to be very interesting um going forward so it's it's a, it's a it's a good way to look at it yeah it is indeed it is indeed yeah. uh this was great i think we we've uh, skimmed the surface of our next episode already dhruv but uh, oh, yeah. i'm very, i'm very excited for what's to come uh mm. you know i it's so much fun talking cricket with you that i'm already looking forward to our next episode we're going to yeah. be talking ahead of um the the beginning of india's earliest ever domestic cycle believe it or not we are starting off the earliest that it ever has begun uh, yeah because we we need to add more matches <laughs> exactly and the good thing is the players get compensated very well to play uh, domestic cricket as well yeah and javed wanted one more 50 over competition that's the other reason exactly so yeah. just just to to let everyone know and warm everyone up duleep trophy yeah. begins in a couple of days uh, 28 june couple, 28 june really really early so we're going to be back perhaps next week before the duleep trophy begins with a broader view of india's domestic 2023 2024 season what's yeah. up for grabs uh what are the various dynamics of it we're going to do a deep dive of everything domestic cricket starting off with the duleep trophy and um the progression towards india's test side which is going to be a lot of fun hopefully dhruv you and i will be in person in and around yeah. each other we'll be able to record it in the same room so i'm looking yeah. forward to that oh look forward to it it'll be fun